In this episode of Pastor Brad Rocks. Hey dude, Pastor Brad here. Welcome in. Man, if you're listening to this podcast the week that it comes out, or or the day that it comes out especially, which would be Wednesday, I think February 3rd, you are in for a special treat. I've got a brand new album coming out. It's called Down and And I'm releasing two singles before the album comes out. The album comes out on the 19th, which is a Friday. The two Fridays preceding that, on the 12th and the 5th, I'm going to put out singles to kind of whet your appetite a little bit. So today being the third, uh, I've got a single coming out this Friday called Shades of Grey. Now, if you're listening to this podcast before then, you're going to be the very first one to hear that song because we're going to play it at the end of this show. And I know it's going to rock you up, man. Now, the, the title is Shades of Grey. That is just built around this whole idea that all three the Bible, we are taught about the reality that because of our disobedience to God, starting in the garden, and we'll talk about that today, we've lost the ability to discern wrong from right. We have a sense that there is right and wrong. There always is a way that seems to be right to us. But man, when we look around at our life, we really choose the wrong way a lot. And our world is filled with rationalization and justification and trying to choose between the lesser of two evils and all of that junk. And uh, we have like a thousand shades of gray. Instead of black and white, you know, black being the wrong choice, white being the right choice, and it being clear, we wrestle because of all these shades of gray. But Jesus, when he comes, he cuts through all of that, and he makes it clear what the truth is. And that also happens when he comes into our life as Lord and Savior. We begin to see the truth for what it is. So we're going to talk about that today. I know it's going to rock you up. I know the song's going to rock you up. I am glad you're here, man, and I am ready to do this. Are you? All right, man. Let's do it. Pastor Brad here, your 80s heavy metal, head-banging, Jesus-loving online pastor. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. Hey, wherever you happen to be listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you're enjoying these podcasts, whatever platform you happen to be on, if you can leave a thumbs up or a comment or share this episode with a friend, that would be awesome to help the audience grow. God bless you, man. Thank you in advance so much for that. And now... Let's move on to the point of today's podcast. All right, man. So if you've read the first couple of chapters of the Bible, you know the story. God spoke the world into existence. Then he created all the animals. And then on the last day of creation, God creates man in a very special way. He forms him out of the dust of the ground. The implication is that God like got his hands dirty and he actually made us out of the dust of the ground, our body. And then he breathes into our lungs, the spirit of life, the breath of life. And it says man became a living being or a living soul. Okay. That's Genesis chapter two, verse seven. So he created us in his image to walk with him and know him. And those first couple of verses, several verses in Genesis talk about Adam and Eve and how they walked with God in the garden. And there was this unbroken relationship. And they said they were naked, but they knew no shame. And that was a symbolic way of saying they had no guilt. They had no guilt or shame in their life. Okay. Sin hadn't come. It was just a beautiful 
perfect steak. God gave him one command and he said, don't eat from this one tree. And he had to give him the one command because you can't have a genuine relationship of trust and love if people don't have any option to do anything but to trust you and love you. You know, you want your friends, you want your family, you want your kids, you want them to love you and to want to be with you because they choose to, not because they have no other options, right? So that's kind of the gist behind the one command. So God says, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because when you do, you will die. And what he, means, what he means by die is not that your heart will instantly quit beating, but spiritual death is going to come into your life because you're created in my image. And so you're going to have this, this desire. You're going to know that there is a right and there is a wrong. As C.S. Lewis says, even a thief knows that it's wrong if you go up and take something that's his, right? He uses the example of an orange. He says, if you go up and take the orange from a thief, he'll go, wait a minute, that's wrong. You shouldn't take that, even though he himself is a thief, right? That's just how messed up God is saying you're going to get, because you're going to have something inside of you that knows, okay, there is a right, there is a wrong, and yet you're going to look back on your life and you're going to go, why do I keep messing up? Why do I keep choosing wrong? Because we don't have the ability in and of ourselves to live up to it. In Romans, Paul will say, we've all sinned and we all fall short because we also are broken inside. And so we tend to make choices based on selfishness instead of truth. And so that's 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 just the mess that we find ourselves in after we disobey God. Honestly, we learn everything we need to know about temptation and sin and our response to it and how it messes us up from this very first account of sin in Genesis chapter 3. When Adam and Eve disobey God, they, they're tempted. They look at the fruit. They see that it has something about it that it promises to give them some ability that they want to have. Oh, I'll know good from evil. I'll, I'll be like God. That's what the, the tempter told them. And so it, temptation always promises something, some kind of thrill, some kind of cool thing. And so as soon as they grab the fruit and disobey God and bite it, their eyes are open, the Bible says, and they, they realize they were naked. In other words, shame for the very first time came into their life. And that's the way temptation works. It always promises all these fun things. And then as soon as you bite into it, you regret it you look back. Or there might be a season, there might be a season of having fun, but then it always brings baggage and junk and, and, and you end up messed up. So Adam and Eve messed, end up in this messed up place. Well, God confronts them and he says, did you do this? And then they begin to do exactly what we do. They begin to rationalize and they begin to justify and they begin to blame. Wait a minute, Adam says, it wasn't me, man. It was this woman that you gave me. If she wasn't around, she gave me the fruit. Well, God had told Adam not to do this and he knew very plain and well that they weren't supposed to eat from this fruit. And he should have told Eve, honey, we can't eat that. That's not right. But he didn't do it. He went ahead and participated, but he blames her because she's the scapegoat, right? And then he says, Eve, did you do this? It wasn't me. It was that snake. It was that serpent. He he came and tempted me. You know, we are, we are masters at passing the buck and justification and all this. And this is where these shades of gray start to come in. Well, I had to do that because, or I thought it was the right thing to do at the time because, and, and all of a sudden, man, we can justify anything we do. In the book of Proverbs, there's an awesome proverb that says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. That's part of my testimony, man. For years, I was walking down a path that seemed right to me, man. Seemed like the right path. I was just doing whatever felt good, whatever I thought I wanted to do, i.e. I was just following my flesh. Seemed like the right thing, but in the end, it just led to a 
just a trail of baggage and junk and brokenness and hurt and uh, and destruction. Because all the while that I was choosing to do what seemed right to me, I wasn't listening to God. I wasn't listening to truth. I was just making decisions based on what felt good at the time, which is never in the long run going to be a good thing. I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And then listen to this phrase, lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways and all of your decisions, acknowledge him. Recognize him. Recognize him as the source of truth. Recognize him as God. Recognize his ways as the way, right? And all of your ways acknowledge him. And then he will make your path straight. He will guide your life. So important. When you're left by yourself and the only perspective you have is the perspective you gained for the moment you were born, the few hours you've lived on this planet, and the little bit of history you've been able to read. And God's truth comes from the one who created the world, sees the end from the beginning, knows all things. He is the standard of truth. When you tap into that, it's a whole different world when you lean not on your own little finite limited perspective but you tap into God's man that changes everything seriously you want to know the difference that that makes you ever seen a labyrinth like a huge maze like like that they made out of um, um, like like bushes or shrubs and these huge high walls and, and it's it's very intricate maze and and, and you got to try to walk your way through it it's incredibly impossible I mean if you don't know where you're going especially if it's a really creatively made one it's impossible to navigate through you could get lost in there and die. But what if the guy who made the labyrinth gave you a book? And in that book, there was a map. And it said, okay, you enter here and you go to the second right and you turn right. And then you go to the next left and you turn left. And, and it, it walked you right through it. You'd be like, dude, this is no problem. I don't know why people get so lost. Well, they get lost because they forget to read the owner's manual, the Bible. You see, that's what the Bible does. It gives us the directions for how to navigate through the maze of life. But when we lean only on our own understanding, we are in trouble deep. Man, the Apostle Paul shares some awesome words with us in Philippians chapter 4. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Okay, then he goes on to instruct us about prayer and bringing our request to God with thanksgiving and trusting him. But in that phrase, when he says, don't be anxious about anything, the word anxious, the Greek word behind that, that word that we translate anxious, it means to be double-minded. It means don't get up in the morning and say, okay, I'm going to live my day trusting God. That's one part of the double mind. The other part of the mind says, no, 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 I'm going to walk through my day totally trusting only in myself and my own strength. So in one moment, we're saying, no, I trust God, I trust God. And then the next moment, we're saying, no, I got to do this all by myself. And oh, I'm so weak. And we become aware of how messed up we are and how incapable we are. And we get stressed and we get frustrated. No, I'm going to trust God. No, I can't. And the next thing you know, our head's on a swivel and our heart's like mush. And we're anxious because we're bouncing back and forth between trusting the Lord and trying to rely only on our own strength. That's anxiety. And in this chapter, Philippians 4, Paul says, don't live like that. Make the decision. Which one are you going to do? You're going to trust the Lord. If you're going to trust the Lord, then trust him. And then bring your request to him and trust him. And then he says in a verse or two later that the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your heart from all of this anxiety as you walk through life. But when we don't make that intentional decision to trust the Lord, to put our faith in Him, and to not bounce back and forth between our own strength and, and trusting Him, that's when we encounter all these shades of gray. That's when we try to start figuring it all out on our own, and we try we try to wrestle with it, and we think, well, I, it could, it, I could do this, and if I do that, then if I do that just right, and I say this right thing to this person, then, then I can make this happen, and we end up justifying and blaming other people when it doesn't go right, and we're living in the world 
world of shades of gray. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've personally come to this place and I can't even begin to tell you how many times people have sat in my office at the church and said, Pastor, I'm just tired. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm sick and tired of, of just trying to figure this thing out and I can't. And everything's just, it just seems like things keep getting worse. And that is all a product or a result or the fruit of us trying to handle it on our own, of us trying to lean on our own understanding. And the only way out of that kind of a situation is just to push the reset button and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. I know I can't go back and change what I did in the past, but I, I repent of it. I confess it. I lay it down. Thank you for fresh grace. And I'm going to choose to follow you. Now, I know there's going to be junk that I have to work through because of past choices. But going forward, I'm just going to trust you. And I'm going to do things according to your word. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray about things and do, do what you lead me to do. And I'm going to let you take care of the consequences. You see, here's the deal. When you walk in your own strength, in your own flesh, in your own ways, you are responsible for the consequences and you have to carry them all by yourself. When you trust the Lord, he is responsible for the consequences and he will walk with you through all of it and give you the strength to endure anything that comes your way. That's his promise. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says the God of this age, that can mean our enemy, the devil. That can mean the glittery, flashy things of this culture and all the temptations that just come from worldliness. However you want to break that down, the God of this age, the things of this world have blinded the eyes of unbelievers, people who have not chosen to trust Christ. They are duped. They are sucked in, okay? And they can't see the things of God. They can't see the glory of Christ and the goodness of the gospel and the difference that it makes in our life. In John chapter three, Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. They can't see God's ways, okay? They can't understand really how to live their life. And so with verses like those and, and many others, the Bible paints this picture of spiritual blindness, of people trying to grope their way through the, the labyrinth, the maze of life, ignoring the map, trying to find their way, all this rationalization, all blaming other people, and all these shades of gray. But the implication there in verse three of John chapter three is that if we are born again, and which literally means born from above, born of the spirit, then our eyes are open and we can see the eyes of our heart. Now we can begin to see, oh, now I get it. This goes along so well with what Paul said in the book of first Corinthians chapter one, when he said to those who are perishing, the message of the cross is foolishness. What do you mean some dude died on a cross and that makes me be able to go to heaven? What? That's stupid. But then he goes on, he says, but to those who are being saved, the gospel, it's the very power of God because we have eyes to be able to see that what is happening in that moment is that the God who created this world and who demands death for sin sent his son to be the substitute and to step into the place of punishment that we deserved. And he took it upon himself for us so that when we put our trust in him and receive him, the one who made the world comes to live within us. He forgives gives us and he, he gives us strength and wisdom and power and walks with us through life so that we can live life the way it was intended to be lived. And that is all part of what Jesus means by when you're born again, when the creator of the universe takes up residence in your heart by his Holy Spirit, you then begin to have a, a heart and a mind, a spirit that can see what it means to live life the right way. You can see the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean you won't stumble. That doesn't mean you won't mess up. That doesn't mean you won't sin. Read Romans chapter seven, starting about halfway through, you'll see Paul wrestled with it. But what he says in that chapter is, look, yes, we still have a flesh, this side of heaven, 
we still have a fleshly body. When Christ returns, the dead in Christ will be raised up and we will receive a brand new glorified body. And that temptation, that sin nature will be gone. But between now and then, we still have to wrestle with the flesh. So we're going to lose some of those battles. We're going to make some bad choices. But we're going to quickly see them for what they are and be able to repent and, and get back on the right path and continue to walk with the Lord and know that we're walking in grace and that his grace is greater than all of our sin, man. And the longer we walk with him, the wiser we grow, the more of his word we hide in our heart. Here's what Psalm 119 says about his word. It's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. In other words, I'm going to go back to the labyrinth, the maze illustration. The longer we walk with the Lord, the more we just, we memorize that map, man. We come to know it and we're like, yeah, I know. I turn right here because this is what, this is what God's word. This is what the, the maze maker's handbook says. I turn right when I face this situation. I turn left here. I wait on the Lord here. I trust. I act in kindness when I when I enter situations like this. And we also develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit who lives within us. We learn to hear his voice. And he encourages us and challenges us and rebukes us when we need to be. He says, whoa, shut your mouth. Don't, don't, don't be talking right now. He'll do that. He'll be like, this is not a time for you to spout off about all your opinions. Just be quiet and pray for that person. Other times he'll say, hey, hey, hey. I know it's a scary thing, but you need to step up. You need to speak up now. You need to say to that person, hey, listen, I love you, and I love you too much to let you go here, or whatever the situation calls for. But as you hide God's word in your heart, which is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path, and as you develop that relationship with Christ, you sit at his feet, and you develop that relationship, and you learn to hear his voice. He begins to help you and lead you through all these shades of gray, all this murkiness, into the light, the light of his truth. A lot of people have said to me, I don't know where, I don't know how to read the Bible. I don't know where to start. Well, first off, we live in a great age. You can go online and you can just Google, where should a beginner start reading the Bible? And you can get all kinds of incredible and helpful advice on that. But you begin to read. And and listen, you were never designed, the Christian life was never designed to be lived as a Lone Ranger. You, it is it is a community event. You, we are called to be the family of God, the body of Christ, right? So when you begin your walk with Christ, you need to find a family of believers to worship with and do life with and study with. Because what happens is you're going to plug into a community where there are people who've walked this road a lot longer than you have. And they've asked all those questions that you've got. And they've sought out answers. And they, they've, they've developed a relationship with God that's that's deep and, and, and rich. And so when you come across those, those questions in scripture, like, I don't know why he did it that way. What, what's this word mean? I don't understand this passage. You can tap into the rich wisdom of the community of faith and people can help you with that. And just like any other relationship in life, as you continue to walk and spend time with him in his word and listen to his voice and learn to, to recognize the, the voice of his spirit in your heart. Your relationship with Christ will grow deep and healthy and rich and you will learn to navigate through all of the shades of gray in this world, okay? Again, doesn't mean that you won't make mistakes. We all do. We still live in a flesh, but man, it will be so much better. And even when you make mistakes, you'll have the promise of Romans chapter 8, verse 28 that says, we know that in all things, even the times when we fall down and stumble and blow it, God is at work and he's working for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And the purpose that he has there, he says in the very next verse, is to make us into the likeness of his son. So he will use even those stumbles, those failures, those times when you blow it and you choose selfishly. He'll use even those to teach you as you confess and repent of that. You'll grow in wisdom and you'll say, ooh, I made a wrong choice there. Noted. 
Right. And, and you grow. All right, man. Let's talk about this song. Shades of Grey. It's a slammer from the beginning. I want to rock! Very much an anthem in terms of the chorus. It's uh, got just enough repetition to be cool in the chorus. It's like a sermon in a three and a half minute package of heavy metal. Heavy metal! Um, I I really love this song. I think that it's going to really underscore everything that we just said in this podcast in a real cool, sharp, crisp, clear, condensed way. And on top of that, man, it's just a cool heavy metal tune. It's going to get your head banging. It's going to rock you up for Jesus. And I'm fired up to share it with you. So here it is. The first single from my new album coming out on February 19th. The single comes out this Friday, February the 5th. It'll be on all the major platforms, so be sure to grab it, add it to all your playlists, share it with everybody you can. The song is called Shades of Grey, and here's the debut, man, just for you, because you hung out with me on the podcast. Remember, it comes out this Friday. You know, I'm, I'm in promotion mode, man, because I, I don't want you to, to miss it. February 5th. All right. Shades of Grey. Enjoy.
Hey man, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it and I hope it totally rocked you up for Jesus. As we wrap things up here, let me quickly say, if you dig what I'm doing, man, and you're blessed by the music, the podcast, the teaching videos, etc., and you want to support this ministry, this mission to reach classic metalheads for Jesus, I want to invite you to head over to my Patreon page and learn how you're just couple dollars a month will make a huge difference in this ministry. And also about some amazing exclusive benefits that you'll receive in exchange for your support. The link to my Patreon page will be at the very top of the show notes. So head over there, check it out, learn about it, pray about it. And whatever you decide, man, God bless you. And thanks for being part of the Pastor Brad Rocks family, man. Remember to like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all those things that helps the show to grow. Really appreciate it. Stop by PastorBradRocks.net sometime. Over there, you can learn all about the ministry, the music, it's some free uh, music downloads, all kind of cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, best decision you'll ever, ever, ever make, promise bar none. You can learn about that over at pastorbradrocks.net as well, or leave a comment here. I'll get back with you. Shoot me an email at pastorbrad at AOL.com. Yes, I still use AOL. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Brad, out.